Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming to you on a Tuesday afternoon. NFL free agency is in a frenzy. Everybody should have Adam Schefter's alerts turned on on Twitter because we're getting a signing every 30 minutes. Obviously, the biggest news uh, since we did the podcast last week is Tom Brady coming back to the NFL, unretiring. Josh Walker, the biggest Tom Brady fan I know, is going to join me to talk about that. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm good, Jeff. How's everything, man? Uh, can't complain. We've had some great weather here in the DMV, getting a lot of yard work done, spending some time with the family the last couple of days outside has been really nice. Um, I know you're feeling really good now because Tom Brady is back. Obviously, your fandom has been tied to Tom Brady pretty much your entire football fandom life. So I'm sure you are excited to see him come back for a 23rd season. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad that he's coming back. Uh, as you can see, free agency is underway, so they're shaping up the roster to help him try to win another championship. Now, do you think San Francisco was ever a possibility? Uh, those rumors were being floated that uh, if Tom Brady came back, it would be for San Francisco. Do you think that was ever a possibility, or were the Bucks pretty much the only option? I think that was a slight possibility for him wanting to go to San Fran. But once, I mean, I think once Brady won the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay wasn't going to trade Tom Brady for Jesus. So, I mean, they, you know, they got what they wanted. So, uh, I think at the, at the end of the day, I think it was Tampa Bay or no one. Yeah, and at some point, he's under contract with Tampa Bay, so he can't just decide that he wants to go to San Francisco. Uh, you really don't hold that much power. It's not like the NBA where you can pretty much just force yourself to be traded to any team you want, even if you are the greatest quarterback of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, Tampa Bay was irrelevant before you got there. And they had uh, they had stars, Devin White, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They had stars. So, uh, Colin Davis, who just got paid. They, they had good players, but they, they became relevant once they got Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, I mean, he has positioned himself yet again uh, with an easy path to the Super Bowl. We just touched on uh, the last podcast how the NFC quarterback pool is down. Uh, all the talent is going to the AFC. Do you think that part of Brady coming back is that he saw a, a pretty easy path to get to the Super Bowl, particularly being in that weak division that he's in now? Uh, yes. I mean, right now the division is weak. I don't think it will be weak. I don't think it will be weak. Uh, uh before the season stuff, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think trying to trying to get back to the Super Bowl, the easiest way right now is to be in the NFC. And he's, I mean, uh, he's no dummy. He certainly positioned himself uh, to be on this Bucks team. He saw a path there, and um, I think, honestly, for me, if he was going to come back, I don't think that an easier path to the Super Bowl was the only reason he came back, but I definitely think it had something to do with it. Now, you see a lot of people saying that, oh, he wanted to spend time with his family, but he's an NFL player. He's not going on these week-long road trips like a baseball player would or like a basketball player would or like a hockey player would. As a football player, you're really – I mean, you have practices, yeah, but you're home at night. You're with your family most of the time. It's just those Sundays that you're gone playing games. Mm -hmm. It's not really a, a schedule that demands you being gone all the time. You can still be a family man and be an NFL player. Absolutely, you still can, for sure. Now, I actually get a little bit of that myself. Obviously, I don't want to sit here and say that I have as demanding of a schedule as an NBA or an NHL player, but I do work all of those games. I work the games here for the Capitals and for the Wizards. So I am gone a lot of the time uh, when my kids are up and about and playing. So I get it 
from an NBA player standpoint or from an NHL player standpoint, but I really don't think that uh, a lot of people were making jokes about Brady. Like, oh, all it took was two months of him being with his kids before he wanted to come back. I don't think that really had anything to do with it. He still has plenty of time to do whatever he wants to do uh, being an NFL player. Now, you were talking about not really being sure where your fandom was going to lie, but now that Brady has returned, obviously you are now a full-on Bucks fan, and you guys are making some big moves. You just made a huge trade to acquire uh, Shaq Mason, from the Patriots, and that makes up for the loss of Alex Kappa, who just went to the Bengals. You were able to re-sign uh, Jensen. You were able to re-sign Carlton Davis, and you just acquired Russell Gage, who I think is going to be a sneaky good ad, considering that Chris Goblin's probably not going to be ready to start the season. Yeah, I love the uh, moves that they made. I hope they can get some defensive moves. Um, um, they lost Jordan Whitehead, so maybe they might be looking at a safety. And I could use another pass rusher. Uh, I don't know. I see Von Miller's interested in joining your team, the Cowboys. So uh, I'm, I'm, I definitely think Hammer Bay should be interested in trying to add another pass rusher as well. But uh, as far as the moves that they made, I love the moves that they made. They got the offense, got another Shaq Mason for a fifth round draft pick. That's a steal. Uh, so I love, I love what they're doing so far. Hopefully they can keep up the good work. Jason Light is doing a great job. Oh uh, yeah, the Shaq Mason trade, man. Like you're getting a starting caliber guard and. For a fifth-round pick, like you said, that is an absolute steal, specifically when you have the window that you have with Tom Brady. You are in win-now mood when Tom Brady is on your team. He's you know, going into his 23rd NFL season. So you're going to push all the chips in the middle of the table and try to get another title in Tampa Bay. Absolutely, absolutely. They understand what the, what the goal is. And they were close last year. They didn't have uh, injuries and uh, meltdowns or whatever you want to call it. They, they would have been right there last year. So. Now, do you see any of the teams uh, in your division able to uh, make a charge? Obviously, the Falcons have emerged as a dark horse team to acquire Deshaun Watson. Now, they're going to be without Calvin Ridley for the season, but you still have, if you add Deshaun Watson to that roster, obviously they will be a little bit more of a contender. Uh, the Saints have also been linked to Deshaun Watson. Do you see any of these teams really stepping up and being able to challenge the Bucks? Yeah, they get Deshaun Watson. I'm not counting the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons have enough, but the Saints and the Pan. Well, let's just stop with the Saints. The Saints – pretty much in the regular season on Tampa Bay. Uh, and they last year they beat them with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. So they got Deshaun Watson. Obviously, that's an upgrade. I do like Deshaun Watson going to the Panthers because I believe the Panthers are a quarterback away from being not a Super Bowl contender, but a playoff contender. You got to, it's, it's levels to it in the NFL, as you know. So uh, whatever one of, which one, which one of those two teams, uh, the Saints or the Panthers, get Deshaun Watson, yeah, I believe they'll, they'll be a challenge. I could definitely see a, a Panthers. The Panthers have always made the most sense for Deshaun Watson, specifically because they can offer a guy like Christian McCaffrey, where you're where you're getting a little bit of salary going out as well. So you're not just having that thirty five million dollars come onto your books and just being being in cap hell like a lot of teams would if they were to acquire Watson. And I really like the dynamic of DJ Moore with Watson as well. DJ Moore puts up numbers with terrible quarterback play. He had a solid season last year with Sam Darnold and Cam Newton at quarterback. So I started to think what he could do with a guy like Watson. And think about it like this, Robbie Anderson, I think who's uh, – is he a free agent? Uh, no, I, th- I believe he's back uh, with the Panthers. Okay, well, yeah, well, he, he'll be more he'll be more energized to do something because he actually has a quarterback. You know how it is. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have no hope. That's just how it is. Yeah, there's a um a account that I follow on Twitter that posts these fantastic questions, and I, I, I feel terrible because I'm not remembering the um, – Tutu Statwell is the name of the account and he posts these great questions every day and uh they're a lot of fun because you can't just google the answer they're always some kind of obscure stat 
And the one that he posted yesterday was who was the only receiver to have 10 targets in a game and less than 15 receiving yards. And I was like, man, that sounds like a Deontay Johnson stat or some, a Pittsburgh Steel or somebody with a terrible quarterback. And it was, in fact, Robbie Anderson. And it was a game that he got 10 targets and had 13 yards. Uh, Sam Darnold had something like a 33% completion percentage for the game. The quarterback play in Carolina is absolutely atrocious. Obviously, we had a lot of fun betting against Cam Newton, but if they were able to acquire a guy like Deshaun Watson, I definitely think they would easily be the second-best team in that division and possibly contending to win it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We come down in between. Whatever team, whatever team gets Deshaun Watson and Tampa Bay, they would be the two best teams in that division for sure. So in the NFC, it definitely looks like it is going to be your Bucks again, obviously, with – the Green Bay Packers bringing back Aaron Rodgers. They are going to be in play as well. My Dallas Cowboys probably have to be the third team, at least in my book. They've made some big moves as well, bringing back Demarcus Lawrence. They traded Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. A lot of people are kind of crapping on that trade. I don't feel too bad about it because you're saying, oh, you really didn't get anything back for him. Our win in that trade was making sure that Amari Cooper didn't go to the Eagles or to the Commanders because you want to keep him out of your way. You don't want him coming back and lighting your world on fire twice a year. Yeah, I mean, you, I believe it was a win-win for both teams. I mean, Dallas got cat relief and didn't he didn't go to the division and the Browns got what they wanted in the receiver. So uh, some of these trades, people got to have, you know, you got to go on TV and have a take or go on your podcast or go on whatever, you know, whatever people go on do this. I mean, sometimes the trade is good for both teams. It can be good for everybody. Good for the Cowboys, good for Mike Cooper, and good for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, definitely good for the Cleveland Browns. You give Baker Mayfield that target that he lost. I mean, he lost Odell Beckham Jr. Well, obviously, yeah. they released. Um, let me let me let me just cut you off, Jeff, by saying good. I don't I don't I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback for that team. Uh, uh, we just talked about it. They they are another dark horse team to land Deshaun Watson. Uh, we'll we'll get to Watson a little bit later on. Uh, sticking with the Cowboys just for a second, they resigned Malik Hooker, their safety. They're looking to resign uh, Jerron Curse, their other safety. The big news coming today, however, they lost Randy Gregory. Uh, news coming out that they resigned him, and then he uh, pulled a U-turn minutes later, signing with the Broncos for the same deal. That one, yeah, I'm not going to lie, that one stings just a little bit. However, there may be a silver lining because the initial news that I heard on Von Miller was that he wanted to go to the Broncos. Now I'm hearing that he's possibly linked to the Cowboys. So that would be, uh, for me, at least just for next year, I'd rather have Von Miller than Randy Gregory. Yeah, uh, they can get Von Miller out of that. That'd be a good come up. But right now, obviously, it's a loss for Dallas because you can make the case for Randy Gregory other than Michael Parsons, that best pass rusher. So uh, if they can get Von Miller, that, 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 that would be a good look. Von Miller, Randy, Von Miller, Demarcus Lawrence, and uh, uh, Michael Parsons. Hell of a defensive line. Uh, it certainly would be. Now, the part of the Gregory thing that really gets to me is that we stuck by him through his suspensions. We kept bringing him back. We kept giving him chance after chance after chance, and he still turns around and does that to us. I just kind of feel like he did us a little bit dirty. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Ed Warner. You know, I'm sure you know Ed Warner. Ed Warner is uh, ESPN Cowboys report. He said the salary fortune language. Cowboys included in player contracts that led Randy Gregory to abruptly sign with the Broncos. So basically, it was, it was a contract writing that he defined print in the contract that basically led him to go to uh, Denver over Dallas. So that, oh, I'm, I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming Denver wanted Von Miller too. Yeah, I don't want to uh, tell anybody else, you know, how how they should do their job and all that. And if there was a financial reason that he wanted to go to the to the Broncos, uh, you know, more power to him. He he got he got his bag, good for him. But uh, 
it still stings a little bit. I kind of just feel like, you know, he he did us dirty, like, especially, like I said, we stuck by him through all those suspensions. But moving on, if we get Von Miller, it'll be water under the bridge, and I'm not even going to be worried about it. Uh, is there a, a team outside of our two teams that uh, you like the moves that they've made so far? Actually, it's a couple. One, uh, I've been very critical of their quarterback, but i got to say they, they put everything around him for him to be successful, and that would be the uh, L.A. Chargers. I love J.C. Jackson, obviously Khalil Mack. Um, they re-signed uh, Mike Williams, too. Mike they, Williams. They're possibly the favorite to land Bobby Wagner as well. I saw that as well. Uh, they, signed a deep, they signed Sebastian uh, Joseph Day from the Rams, solid defensive lineman. Uh, if I'm them and they can first round pick, if I get if they can get Jordan Davis, that'd be tremendous. I love what the Chargers are doing. Love it. I absolutely love what the Chargers are doing as well. They're taking advantage of the fact that they have Justin Herbert on his rookie deal. Uh, you've seen it with the Chiefs; they were able to take advantage of it with Patrick Mahomes uh, about a decade ago. The Seattle Seahawks were able to do it with Russell Wilson. When you have a guy playing elite and at an elite level at quarterback, and he's on his rookie deal. You can stack the roster around them, and the Chargers are certainly taking advantage of that now. I absolutely love the moves that they're making. I think they are easily the second-best team in the AFC West over the Denver Broncos. Um, I know from our conversation before, you disagree with me. Yeah, I, I, I do love what the Chargers are doing, but I do, I do disagree. I think Denver is the second-best team and could be the best team in that division. I really do. I do believe that division will get three teams out of the uh, – they should get three teams out of the uh, – that team will get three teams into the playoffs, Kansas City. Denver and LA Chargers. Uh, we've talked about it with uh, with Wilson before on the last podcast. You're a little bit higher on him than I am. I just I need to see it. If he could be the Russell Wilson of old, then absolutely this Denver team could contend to win that division. Uh, specifically, when you we just talked about what the Chiefs are paying Patrick Mahomes, they're not able to field the roster that they were before. So Denver could certainly sneak up on them, particularly with that defense. But until I see it from Russell Wilson, I'm just you know I'm going to remain skeptical. Yeah, I mean. You have that right. Uh, I just feel like Russell Wilson is the top five, top seven quarterback. And I would rather have Russell Wilson than Justin Herbert. I think people forget the world is so, what have you done for me lately? Uh, I look at resumes. And the resume speaking, yeah, Russell Wilson's obviously been in the lead longer. But in his second year, he led the team to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, and, and, but he was also a lot younger than uh... – I mean, I'm I'm hitting 35 this year. I know what happens to your body after 30, and I know that Russell Wilson relies on his legs quite a bit, and he seems to have lost that from his game. He doesn't seem to be able to run around like he used to. Well, well, he doesn't want to run around because he doesn't want to get hit. The Seattle the offensive line is terrible. So I believe Denver will continuously improve that offensive line. I saw someone on TV say that that's one of their number one goals. So uh, one of their main goals, I shouldn't say number one goal, but one of their main goals is to improve that offensive line. I believe they will improve that offensive line. And uh, I just believe in – I mean, th this Denver team is loaded. This is what Tampa Bay was two years ago before Tom Brady joined them. It's loaded. They got four receivers, two tight ends, defense. They got a good, got a good young corner. Uh, safety in Simmons is good. Defensive line is solid. Yeah, uh, they just signed Randy Gregory. You got Bradley Chubb as well. Just signed, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, they, 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 they're ready to contend, in my opinion. They just need a good quarterback, and they, they, they believe that they have that, and I believe that they have that. So, uh, like I said, I believe right now this division will get three teams. I believe one will come out of the east, one will come out of the south, uh, three out of uh, the, the west. west. So that would be four or five, and then you got two more and two out of the north. 
I, I could definitely see it breaking out that way as well. Uh, we just touched on Bobby Wagner a little bit. He's also uh, been linked to the Broncos. And you look at both of these defenses, the Chargers, we talked about the improvements that they made. You just talked about the Broncos defense. Both teams are weak at linebackers. So whichever one of those teams Bobby Wagner decides to go to, uh, he could single-handedly swing uh, which one of these teams is going to be uh, contending to be the winner in the division. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, you touched on the Chargers, one of my favorite teams, and, and a lot of people are making fun of them because they released uh, Miles Jack. But I am really high on a lot of the moves that the Jacksonville Jaguars have made. Obviously, a lot of people were underwhelmed with what Trevor Lawrence did in his rookie year, but he's still a generational talent. I don't think that you can just write him off after, I don't even want to say a bad rookie year, I guess an average rookie year. He still has all the talent in the world. They signed Brandon Scherf from uh, the Washington Commanders. They tagged Cam Robinson. They signed Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Obviously, they released Miles Jack, and a lot of people are making fun of that. Like, oh, they they signed all these offensive guys that aren't that good, and they're releasing their leading tackler. That's a really bad look on their part. Miles Jack, he's he's not anything to write home about. I mean, he's a solid linebacker. Just because you're leading your team in tackles doesn't mean that you're this top-tier talent. Um, I actually even like the Evan Ingram signing. A lot of people were making fun of that as well. He needs a change of scenery. I think being in New York never suited him. Uh, Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. Now he's going to a more talented quarterback. I think you could see him with Christian Kirk and with Zay Jones, uh, LaVisca Chenault on that team as well. I think this offense can make some noise. Yeah, and they, they have a real head coach in Doug Peterson. Last year they didn't have a real head coach at Urban Meyer. So, with that being said, I, I like what Jacksonville is doing. Uh, people trip about the Christian Kirk deal. It's really a two-year deal. Uh, so, I know they see four years, semi It's really a two-year deal. So, uh, Jacksonville had to add talent, and they added talent to their roster. So, they still have the first pick in the draft, so whether they draft offensive linemen, I believe they'll go defense. Uh, not saying that's the move I would make, but I believe they'll go defense. Uh, and uh, yeah, you, they they have uh, they have the first pick in every round of the draft, so they should they should get at least three or four starters out of the draft. I could definitely see that happening. Uh, you said that first pick. Personally, for me, I am super high on Evan Neal, and I saw a tweet from Schefter where he said that, oh, this is a good sign for Aiden Hutchinson that he'll be the first overall pick because the Jaguars tagged Cam Robinson. Like Tagging the left tackle for a year I don't think is a sign that they're not going to draft Evan Neal. Evan Neal played right tackle last year, so you could certainly have him play right tackle his rookie year. You tag Cam Robinson for, for, the, for the year. You bring him back. It's a guy that Trevor Lawrence is familiar with, so you keep some camaraderie on that offensive line. You need five starting offensive linemen in this league, so just because you signed one and tagged another does not mean that you're not going to go offensive line with that first pick. I think it's still up in the air as far as who the Jags are going to go with here with that first overall pick. Yeah, I mean, it's even, to me, it's one of the old linemen or they'll, they'll draft a pass rusher. Whatever pass rusher they like, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, or whoever. Now, do you, be pass rusher old line. Do you, I know we're both high on this guy. Do you think there's any chance that they completely go the other way and go with Kyle Hamilton? Not with number one, though. I just can't. It's just hard for me to see a safety going number one in the draft. I, I I agree. Uh, I am just so high on his talent. Uh, that's a guy that you can – he could play some linebacker as well. But And they just lost a guy like Miles Jack. I could definitely see them making a move like that. But like you said, I just cannot see a safety going number one. I think I think you're right. It's definitely going to be either a tackle or a defensive end. Those are the high – I mean, outside of quarterback, those are the two highest-paying positions in football. So, Absolutely. if you get an elite guy – we just talked about having that elite quarterback on the rookie deal. Having an elite tackle or an elite pass rusher on that rookie deal is equally beneficial. So I definitely think that's the route the Jaguars go. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I just have me see a safety going number one. Just hard. So, so outside of those two teams, uh, is there any other team that has uh, piqued your interest as far as their signings and trades? Uh, I like what the Steelers did. I just saw they signed Levi Wallace to a deal. They signed uh, – before Tampa Bay got Shaq Mason. I wanted them to go get uh, James Daniels. They got James Daniels. Uh, obviously, everyone's a big sign for them. is Mr. Trubisky. But they didn't really pay him anything. I like what the Steelers are doing. Uh, I definitely do. I like what they're doing. Now, now, Trubisky, I mean, he's an upgrade over what you have with Mason Rudolph. I don't think that there's any denying that. You could argue that he's an upgrade over the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, I think it's pretty clear that he is an upgrade over what Ben Roethlisberger gave them last year. I had been linking them to a guy like Gardner Minshew. I think he was a little bit better than Mitchell Trubisky. But this is the route they went. He's still an upgrade over what they had. They shored up their offensive line. They signed Mason, Mason Cole. They signed the right tackle, Okora four. So they're shoring up that offensive line, which – I mean, you have a generational talent in Najee Harris at running back, and he just can't get anything done because he's going up against these loaded boxes with a bad offensive line. You had a quarterback that couldn't throw the ball. They're remedying some of that. I think you could see a big year out of Najee Harris with a better quarterback and with a better offensive line there in Pittsburgh. No, I agree. Uh, they, uh, Like I said, they, they had to improve the offensive line. But like I said, getting Trubisky for a cheap deal, that's not bad because you can – if he's not it, you can get rid of him. It's not like you. It's not like you cap strapped to him. So. Yeah, I, I had been saying about Trubisky, and I think that this tells me that the Steelers are going to draft a quarterback. I think you could see them draft a Malik Willis in the first round, possibly um, a Kenny Pickett or a guy like that, uh, Matt Corral. Um, uh, who's the guy from North Carolina? Uh, Sam Howell. Sam somebody, Howell. somebody like that. I think you see them bring in a rookie. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is not a long-term answer, but he's certainly a guy that could push a rookie and maybe start a year for you, get you to the playoffs uh, m- maybe further. We could see with the talent that Pittsburgh has. I'm also super high on what the Dolphins did. I really like the Chase Edmonds signing. They had no continuity in that backfield. They finally have a lead back there. They re-signed Agba. They got Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys. Teddy Bridgewater is backup quarterback. Duke Riley, the linebacker. Connor Williams, the guard, again, from the Cowboys. They're kind of picking our roster dry here. Uh, Elandon Roberts, I thought, was an underrated signing. So they're shoring up that defense, which was already really good last year. They have two of the best corners in the league. They're shoring up that offensive line. They got a lead back. Uh, you got a quarterback who, if two – listen, like, for two, it's time to shit or get off the pot. Like, we're giving you the weapons. You got Jalen Waddle. You have Cedric Wilson, who is solid out of the slot. And now you got Teddy Bridgewater, who's just going to be waiting in the wings. Like, look, man, like, if you aren't it, like, I'm ready to take your job. And Teddy Bridgewater has shown the capability to do that. Yeah, uh, they got they got a solid backup in Teddy. Uh, like I said, Miami is they've done some they've done, they've done some solid things on the offseason as well. But it's all, it all comes down to tour. Like, if they believe in tour and get tour right. And they can, you know, they can do something. If they can't, then they'll be like everyone else who doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah, and I think the Bridgewater signing is indicative of that, is that they do believe in Tua. Uh, Bridgewater is that guy that he's, he's not really a threatening quarterback. He's not going to – like, we know what Teddy Bridgewater is at this point in his career. He's a solid quarterback. He's a safe quarterback. He's not going to take you to a Super Bowl. But if Tua is struggling or gets hurt, he's certainly a guy that could play a couple of games and get you some wins. So that uh, is going to take us – I have another team that I was really high on. Another team in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they made a couple of sneaky signings that I was really happy with for them. They are my favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, they signed Roger Safford. I thought that was a huge signing for them, shoring up that offensive line. Tim Settle, a fantastic defensive tackle. He played here in Washington. Obviously, he got overshadowed 
uh, the Washington offensive line is loaded. So Tim Settle didn't get a lot of playing time, but he is a solid player. He was part of that Virginia Tech defense. He gets reunited uh, with Edmonds, who we played with in college. Uh, Daquan Jones, I thought, was a solid signing. And J.D. McKissick, uh, another guy from Washington, a really good pass-catching back. I think you could see him work really well with Josh Allen in that offense as an option out of the backfield. Yeah, Buffalo trying to get improve that defense. They realized why they lost. It was because of their defense. So whatever they whatever it takes to improve that defense, they're definitely going. Yeah, now obviously they were the number ranked defense uh in the league last year, but I think that was a little bit of fool's gold. I'm not sure they were really the best defense in the league. A lot of that had to do with their schedule. I mean, if you get to play the Jets twice a year, the Dolphins, who were pretty one dimensional, they really didn't have a running game last year. And, I think that they, a, and, a lot of that and, was their schedule. And one thing also they uh uh, two things really. One uh, about to beleaguer your point on uh, uh, the Bills. Uh, they played the Dolphins one time without Teddy Britt. I mean, without uh, uh, Tua, and they played Jacoby Brissett. And he was terrible. My second point, even though this has nothing to do with the Dolphins, just want to point this out. And just saw this: Terrence Armstead, the best uh, offensive lineman out. Uh, multiple sources said that uh, he has believed the way he's he's waiting to see what the Saints do with Deshaun Watson before he decides on where he wants to play. That could be very interesting. Uh, we'll we'll pivot then to Deshaun Watson because there are certainly a lot of teams uh, in play for him, and he could swing the fortunes of any of them. We talked about the Panthers, we talked about the Falcons, uh, we touched on the Browns a little bit. I think the Eagles are a possibility, the Saints are a possibility. Uh, do you think it's down to those five teams, or do you think we could see somebody else come out of left field? Uh, I think it's down to those five teams. I probably would pick the. I don't have my look. I don't want him to go to the Saints. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I would hate it. I I would because yeah, they they give us problems. But I would say it's gonna come down between the Saints. I would say the Saints, the Panthers, and my sleeper would be the Browns because if you think about it, the Browns have the best roster for him. Like they're loaded if you think about it. Even if they gave up Denzel Ward three first two seconds and Kareem Hunt, they they. They they would be cheating. So that that, that shit that shit would be crazy. Yeah, I I mean I don't I'm not crazy about giving up Denzel Ward. I think he's one of the best corners in the league. Uh, would Baker be part of that trade, or would the Texans just want no part of him? I don't know. I, I think they would trade him to somebody else. Yeah, I think so too. I think the Texans are looking at that like uh, we have Davis Mills on a rookie deal. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be due a like 20 plus million next year. Uh, why are we going to move on from that? We have a, a, a second, what, what was Davis Mills, a second or third round pick? Yeah, well, I, we're, I, I, we're paying I think him pennies. Like, why would we move they, on to Baker Mayfield? I think they like Davis Mills. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, to be fair, like you should just give him an opportunity. Like he played, he, think about this. Obviously he's not Deshaun Watson, but Davis Mills won four games last year. Deshaun Watson won four games the year before. So just let him rock out. You got him on like he was a third round pick, so just see what he can do. If he sucks, it's not like the Texans are going to win the division anyway. So if he's good, you got a quarterback. If he doesn't, then you got to draft a quarterback. Yeah, I definitely don't say I don't see them taking uh, Baker Mayfield back. I, I think, like you said, the, the option for the Browns would be to trade Baker Mayfield elsewhere, uh, which would then you open up the same list of teams that needs quarterbacks. You're looking at the Eagles, the Falcons, the Panthers. I'm not sure that the Panthers would want to help along a trade that took Deshaun Watson elsewhere. So maybe uh, Baker to the Panthers isn't something that could happen. But... I would see Baker if if if, if the Saints wouldn't don't get Deshaun Watson, I could see Baker Mayfield going to the Saints. 
or the Colts. That's another one. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is not in play for the Colts. The Colts inquired about Deshaun uh, Deshaun Watson, and the Texans were like, yeah, we're not trading him in the division. That is just a bad move. So I I think Baker to the Colts would also be a possibility. I never thought about Baker Mayfield to the Colts. That wouldn't be bad. That's and, an and, easier division. I never even thought about that. And they have the cap space right now. They, they, the, the Colts are kind of a sleeping giant in free agency. I believe they yeah. have the most cap space in the league. They have eighty million dollars in cap space, and it kind of just seems like they're they're holding pat. And that team is ready to win. They have a lot of pieces. They need some wide receivers, and they need a quarterback. But they have the offensive line. They have the defensive line. They have the uh, the defense as a whole. That team is ready to win if they can get a couple of pieces. Yeah, I like I like I like the Colts. I like them. they uh. They just need they just need a quarterback. Like it's the same thing. They 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 really they really hurt because like the, with the team that they have now would be perfect for Andrew Luck because they got the side offensive line, but they never had a good offensive line when they had him. So uh, it really was unfortunate seeing him retire so young. Uh, this team would be an absolute Super Bowl contender with Andrew Luck. Uh, that was just really really unfortunate. Uh, for me with the Watson thing, I think the team that makes most sense, like you said, is the Browns. However, I think the trade that makes the most sense for the Texans would be the Panthers because you're not having to take back a quarterback. Uh, if you made a trade with the Eagles or with the Browns or even with the Falcons, they all have quarterbacks on the roster that you would probably have to take back in a trade or they would have to make a separate trade with that quarterback. I think the Panthers makes the most sense because there's no other quarterback involved. You're sending Watson there. You're probably getting a guy like McCaffrey and some picks back. So you have a generational talent at running back with with your young quarterback. You have a couple of draft picks now, and I think that helps them rebuild more than any other package that any of these other teams can offer. Yeah. Uh, I like Deshaun Watson to the Panthers. Uh, I, 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 as, a, as a Tampa Bay fan, I don't, I don't fear the Panthers as much as I fear the Saints. So, because the Saints beat us. The Saints beat us, so... Uh, but I do like Deshaun Watson to the Panthers. It would give me it it would give me less concern if he. But if he went to the Saints, bro, I, yeah, that's a problem because they already beat they beating us now. You found me so. Uh, but I do think the best move for him, if I'm just talking about best destinations, I believe it's the Cleveland Browns. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, but like, but the Panthers are going to have to get something back, which is why, like, like I said, I think you're right. The Browns are the best situation for him, but I think ultimately the the, the favorite right now has to be the Panthers, at least for yeah, me. Yeah, it, it would have to be the Panthers for me too, yeah. So a couple of guys have gotten released uh, in the last couple of days as well, so that's just adding to a free agency pool that was already pretty solid. Uh, we talked about Miles Jack getting released. We've also had Janoris Jenkins get released, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Bouye, Sedarius Smith, Smith, J.C. Tretter. Um are there is there a particular landing spot you like for any of these guys? Uh, obviously, uh, Janoris Jenkins, AJ Bouye, solid corners uh, could definitely help out some teams. Uh, Jarvis I have, Landry. I have uh, two Ravens fans in front of me. They would they would beat me up if I don't say Jarvis. Land- I mean, not Jarvis Landry. It's a Darius Smith come back to the Ravens. Uh, I believe that that's just a match made in heaven. Now the Ravens did let them go on some 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 stupid stuff, just like they did Judon, and they saw last year Judon can play. So, yep. uh, and now to be fair, to be fair, Judon went to the greatest defensive coach ever. So, like, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens is not Bill Belichick. I've, I've only questioned Bill Belichick one time defensively. That's when he benched Malcolm Butler. Other than that, he all right with me when it comes to defense. Now, he can't draft offense. But when it comes to defense, he know that works. So, uh, but I think Zadaria Smith going to the Ravens would be a good move. I'm going to tell you another thing. I would like Jarvis Landry to go to the Chiefs. If Jarvis Landry went to the Chiefs, now, bro, that's the, that's the type of receiver that they need. A possession receiver who's gonna move the chains. Somebody other that that, that that they don't need no more speeds. They got enough of that. They need somebody who gonna just catch the ball and do what he's supposed to do. I believe Jarvis Landry can do that for the Chiefs. What about you? 
as far as Landry goes, if you look, I mean, the, the Chiefs have brought in other guys into that second receiver slot, uh, obviously next to Hill and next to Kelsey, and they just never get the target share. And I, don't, I think Jarvis Landry is looking to go somewhere where he can get a few more targets. A team we just talked about that has the cap space and needs receivers, I would love to see him go to the Colts. I think Landry to the Colts yeah. makes a ton of sense. He, he would be their number one option at that point. Maybe you could say Pittman is their number one option, but they're completely opposite receivers. Michael Pittman is an outside receiver. Jarvis Landry gives you that threat in the slot. Obviously, they have to figure out what they're doing at quarterback, but if they were to acquire a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Baker Mayfield, I think Jarvis Landry would be a great option to land in Indy. Wow. It would be tough for Jarvis to leave Cleveland and then go to Indy and play with Baker again. So, that, I didn't even think about yeah, that. It would be tough for that. But uh, I, I'm going to say this. I thought, and I know it caught me crazy, I thought, just hear me out, I thought Jarvis was really considering coming to Tampa Bay. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Because what he saw what Odell did with a solid – I don't Matthew Stafford ain't Tom Brady, but he saw what he did with a solid to an elite quarterback. So I was thinking, like, all right, Jarvis wants to play with an elite quarterback, but they signed Russell Gage, so they obviously not going to sign Jarvis Landry now. But I could definitely see him going to the going to the uh, the Chiefs. Uh, depending on what happened with Deshaun Watson with the Saints, you can see that the Panthers maybe. So, uh, um, but yeah, I, I like the coach. The coach. The coach. It all depends on that quarterback situation. I believe that court they'll either have Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield. Jimmy or, G. Uh, I think I think it's going to be Jimmy G. And I or think Jimmy if you G. if you get Jimmy G to the Colts, I think Jarvis Landry comes right after him. Uh, the other two guys, the corners, I think Janoris Jenkins and AJ Bouye. Uh, you look at that situation in San Francisco. They have a fantastic defense. Obviously, they just uh, acquired Tre'Davious Ward, who was a solid corner. But you still need you need another corner there. I think Janoris Jenkins or AJ Bouye would would be fantastic in San Francisco. I'm going to give you another name, and I I want to Tampa Bay to get him because I didn't think Tampa Bay was going to be able to resign Carlton Davis. Uh, people forget how good Stephon Gilmore is. Like he's he's available. You can get him. Is he not so, back with the Panthers? No, he's a Stephon Gilmore is a free agent. Oh, that could definitely be uh, yeah. some some fireworks there. I, I didn't even yeah. I didn't even so, consider that. So, I thought he was uh, with the Panthers for multiple seasons. No, uh, uh-uh. he he's a free agent. So because I wanted Tampa Bay to get him if, if they didn't resign Carl Davis. So uh, I could see. Uh, I've been saying this for two years. It probably won't happen, but I could Arizona. Uh, Arizona need, needs to get a coin. That's why they lost to the Rams. They had me and you out there running, playing, yeah. trying to stick Cooper Cup and Odell. That's not going to work. So, um, I like what I, I would. I would love to see a team, a, a contending team, try to get Stephon Gilmore. That would be great. I think the Bengals could be another one. Uh, we saw Eli Apple get like mm-hmm. get absolutely roasted in the Super Bowl uh, mm-hmm. by Cooper Cup as well. Uh, Either of these three guys, Janoris Jenkins, A.J. Bouye, or um, Stephon Gilmore, I think will be a good landing spot. Uh, the Bengals will be a good landing spot for any of them as well. The Bengals also have some cap space. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. Now, me and you both think the Bengals are going to take a step back. But if they got Stephon Gilmore, that'd be a problem. That yeah, the, be a problem. <laughs> the one guy, uh, I saved this for last, of course, because I've, I've talked about wanting my Dallas Cowboys to have a solid center. Uh, we've been missing it since Travis Frederick. I've been hoping – uh, for the center out of Iowa to fall to us. Uh, his name's escaping me right now, of Tyler course. Landenbaum. Thank you, Tyler Lenderbaum. I uh, would love to get him, uh, recreate what we have with Travis Frederick. I don't think that's going to be possible. I would love to see us uh, bring on J.C. Treader. Uh, we, we need a center. Mm. We need that quarterback of your offensive line. I think he, it would be a steal for the Dallas Cowboys. They freed up some cap space with the Amari Cooper move. Uh, I think it will be a great move for Dallas, s- solidify this offensive line, which uh, for years – carried us up to 11 12 win seasons and was our calling card was our offensive line up uh, since Travis Frederick retired we haven't had that and I think JC Treader could bring that back to us yeah JC Treader or Tyler Landenbaum I think uh 
what, what pick do you guys have in the first round? We're sitting at 24, 24 or 26. I, he, and Linderbaum's projected to go in a top 15. So we'll probably have to trade up. I'm not sure we want to give up that kind of capital. I mean, maybe we do. But uh, signing J.C. Treader, I think, would be uh, not as good of a move, obviously, because he's a little bit older. He's not going to give you that long-term answer that Linderbaum would. But I would take either one of those things happening, either signing J.C. Treader or drafting Linderbaum. Okay, because I'm trying to think of the team that the Ravens need a center because they probably lose Bozeman. He might stay, though, so you never know about that. But uh, it all depends on how many teams need a center in front of you in the draft. And if the Cowboys moved up, how how much, how far would they have to move up to get Tyler Linderbaum? That's the question. So, uh, but yeah, J.C. Treader is a very good center. Very good. I think he's the president of the uh, players. Uh, he is the president of the players' association. Players, yes, that's not to say president of the players' club. No, president <laughs> of the players' association. So yeah, uh, a little different club. <laughs> yeah, it's a different club in general. Shout out to Dollar Bill if you know who that is. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, so yeah, that'd be a good signing. But I, I believe I believe Tyler Landon will it depends on how many teams and we'll figure this out after free agency gets you know, receive us up. But after the free agency, we'll we'll have a better idea. I'm sure we'll have an episode on that about what teams can do uh pre draft and what they'll do. We're sure we'll focus on that. But uh I believe that he might be there for you guys if you don't get J C Truck. I just I don't I don't see it happening at twenty four. I think we're gonna have to trade up. And let, I'm let, open. Let, I'm let, open let me say let, let me just say this. Somebody it's gonna be one or two teams that jump up for a quarterback. And it happens every year. Like every like how they saying, uh like I can see somebody jumping up from Malik Willis. Just off the strength that he got potential. You feel me? Like you, you got, he has certain things that you really can't teach. So I just believe somebody's gonna jump up for a, they always do. They jumped up to draft Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. Jared Goff. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz as well. And Carson yeah. Wentz as well. So, yeah, you could definitely see that. It definitely seems like uh, with quarterback, a lot of times you'll see, oh, this isn't a loaded quarterback class, and then some team will reach in the first yeah, round. Up. You, saw, you, saw guy, you saw EJ Manuel go in the first round. EJ Manuel. Um, uh, Jake, Lock, Jake Locker went 10th. The man yep. went 10th. He sucked. Yeah. he sucked that Washington. Christian Ponder. Is, is, Christian Ponder. I don't think that's going to constitute a single guy falling as far as I need him to, especially like we talk about all the time. It is a copycat league. And we saw Creed Humphrey absolutely come in and light the world on fire last year as a second round pick. And like, it's a copycat league. And I don't think you're going to see the top center prospect fall for a second straight year and have a team miss out on an all pro center. Uh, It's, it's an undervalued position. He is the quarterback of your offensive line. I was just on the Scheiss podcast talking about that with Nick Scheiss. The center is an undervalued position. It's the quarterback of your offensive line. You need a good center in this league, especially if you're a team like the Dallas Cowboys who relies on running the ball as much as they do. I would love to have, like I said, either Treader or Linderbaum. I'm hammering this point home. I don't care what we do as far as some of these ancillary guys. Uh, Malik Hooker, I'm happy about. Uh, Curse, a lot of our guys are – a lot of our fans are huge on him. Oh, we want Curse back. We want Curse back. I don't care about that. I want a big time center in Dallas next year. Yeah, I believe they'll get it. Even JC or they'll draft one. I believe they'll get something. I believe they'll make something happen. Well, that, I mean, I, it's kind of weird for me. I mean, usually, most teams are like, "Oh, we want the the big receiver. We want the big skill position player." I'm sitting here, football nerd man, like, "Oh man, I want a center." So nah. I'm a, I'm a little bit different type of fan than most people are. Um, before let me just say this: before Tampa Bay got Shaq Mason. I I was nervous about offensive linemen. So, yeah. no, nah, offensive linemen matter. Oh, absolutely. It's eating your vegetables, man. Drafting, drafting and signing offensive linemen. It's like eating your vegetables. You got to do it, man. It's good for you. Um, I think that pretty much hits all the free agency things I wanted to talk about. Uh, is there anybody we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about? 
Uh, no, there's still some good names left, though. We got Terrence Armstead, Tyron Matthew. Uh, I do want to shout out Marcus Williams. That's a good move by the Ravens to get Marcus Williams. Uh, I like that move for the Ravens. They've been they've been they've been lacking a playmaking safety for a while. And certainly, um, they definitely have a good history of those. Obviously, Ed Reed, I, Bobby Wagner. I think that's another sneaky landing spot for him. Obviously, uh, the Rangers yeah, the have a great yeah. history with linebackers. Linebacker. And if they could bring a guy like that in, they could recreate that defense that they had in the two thousands. Yeah, I like uh, I like the Ravens for Bobby Wagner. Uh, I like the Broncos. I like the Chargers. There's a couple of teams I like for Bobby. Wagner. Well, it's it certainly uh, should be fun to watch where these big name guys land. For all I know, uh, we could have had some of those moves happen while we were recording this podcast. Up, uh, just really quickly, uh, we're going to pivot from the NFL. I wanted to touch on the NCAA tournament. Uh, do you have uh, who is your favorite uh, to to cut down the nets and and win the NCAA tournament? Well, you know, I'm sent- sentimental. You follow me on Twitter, Jeff. You know, I love Duke, so I'm constructed. I'm constructed. I'm, I'm. I have to say them. Basically, I have no choice but to say them. If I had to give up. Unbiased pick. Uh, I actually have a bracket right here. Uh, let me see if it goes. The team that has the, if I, if, if I'm being unbiased, the team I think that has the easiest road to the Final Four National Championship would be Arizona. Arizona's my pick. Uh, I'm I'm on them at uh, I I think they're about plus five fifty to win the tournament. I already have a bet in on that. I watched that Pac-12 championship game. I made the mistake of betting a lot of too. college. I made the mistake of betting a lot of college basketball uh, kind of sight unseen. Uh, the NFL season ended and I kind of just dove in head first. And something I learned really quickly with betting college basketball is that it is a sharps game. You cannot just come into this willy nilly and not do your research. And I will not be caught slipping again. But uh, after watching that Pac-12 championship game, UCLA was firing on all cylinders and they still could not keep up with Arizona. And, that Arizona offense is absolutely incredible. And Arizona didn't even and um and Arizona was missing one of their top players. So I thought I told someone I picked UCLA to win the game and uh, thank God my parlay didn't come down to that one game. It was already over by that game. Thank God. I hate losing parlays on one game. That's another subject for another day. But uh looking at the bracket, like I said, I think Arizona I would believe Kansas Kansas got another solid bracket too. I mean I'm looking at their bracket. They got Auburn. Auburn's inconsistent. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin can score enough. Uh, and they got Providence. I I think South Dakota State might be Providence. Uh, so, uh, I would say Arizona and Kansas has the uh, easiest bracket. Out of all the number one seeds, I think Gonzaga, and I'm not just saying this because of Duke, but I think Gonzaga has the hardest bracket. Duke's the two seed, Texas Tech's the three seed. Um, the, 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 if is going to beat Georgia State, then they have to, in the second round, they're going to have to play Boise State or Memphis. I know most people haven't seen – most people know who Memphis is, so I don't got to explain that to them. But that Boise State team is a solid team. It's, they're not a pushover. So, um, and then they they have to play Texas Tech or Duke in the Elite Eight. So, I think Gonzaga has the hardest bracket. Yeah, I, I've never been like high on Gonzaga. Every, I mean, obviously they made a decent run last year, but I don't think that you can like you're playing these easy games. Granted, St. Mary like St. Mary's gave them a run in their own conference, actually beat them, and like didn't just beat them, like blew the doors off yeah, of them, up them up, in, yeah. in St. Mary's. But I just don't think that you can just play these cupcakes when you got teams in the SEC, teams in the Big Ten, teams in the Big 12 that are playing tough games night in and night out, and you're just walking over teams, and then you're coming into the NCAA tournament. Well, once you get past the, the second round, you're playing a good team regardless. From the Sweet 16 on, you're playing a good team. I think the Zags could be out uh, in the Sweet 16 or possibly even in the Elite Eight. 
No, I, I, I mean, yeah, but this year, this was the best West Coast conference it's ever been. San Francisco made the tournament. St. Mary's made the tournament. Uh, Gonzaga made the tournament. Uh, did BYU make it? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're in there. So, but BYU was a good team. So, uh, they. I mean, the, 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 I mean, obviously the WCC, the West Coast Conference, will never be the ACC. The ACC was down this year, but the ACC still was better. So, uh, but um, I, I, I think Gonzaga will get to the Elite Eight. They, they might struggle with Memphis or, or, or Boise State, but I believe they'll get to the Elite Eight, and then after that, we'll see how it goes. They'll even have to play Texas Tech or Duke. So, but uh, I believe Gonzaga, like I said, has the hardest bracket. Arizona and Kansas has the easiest bracket in my opinion. I'm with you on Arizona. They are the team that I am riding with. Uh, a, a dark horse for me, and I'm saying this uh, again, I am biased on this one as well. Uh, my wife's grandfather uh, listened to the show, one of my favorite people in the world. He is a Villanova alum. And uh, ever since I met my wife, I have rode with Villanova because because of her grandfather. Like I said, one of my favorite people in the world. So I'll be rooting for them. I think that they they have a solid team. Uh, Connor Gillespie, a, a senior on that team, a solid leader. And obviously, uh, Jay Wright, a fantastic coach. This is a team that is just built to win in March. I think they could be a sneaky team to make a Final Four run as well. Yeah, the problem with them is though, they're in the Arizona bracket. So uh, they was in – uh, Baylor's region or even Kansas region, I can see that. But yeah, the fact that they're in Arizona, I just think Arizona is the best team in the country. I don't know. I do I, 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 I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win the championship, but going into the tournament, what they did, I watched them play. Like you said, that game was on Fox Saturday night. I watched that Big Twelve championship, Big, I mean, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve championship game, and yeah, that was impressive for what they did. So I think they're the best team going into the tournament right now. It was a little rough having that game run till close to two in the morning. And that was, of course, uh, the day before daylight savings. So we lost an hour the next day. Yeah, too. So you stayed up to watch day. the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> you lose an hour or two and then it's three. And then you're like, oh, man, I got to wake up in a couple hours. That one was a little rough. Yeah, that was definitely uh, a little rough for sure. So uh, do you have a dark horse in this tournament as far as a, uh, a double digit seed, say, in a, uh, a, I don't want to count the 10 seed, say, say an 11 seed or higher that you could that you think could make a Sweet 16 run? An 11 seed or higher making a Sweet 16 run. Uh, I'll give you mine first. You touched on them a little bit. I like South Dakota State. If you look at that line, they're only a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Providence, and I think that they could, I think that they could easily beat Providence and, and, and make a Sweet 16 run. Uh, I like South Dakota State. Uh, let me look and see. And they'd be, they'd be looking at playing Iowa, uh, Iowa or the Iowa-Richmond winner in the second round. I think that South Dakota State could beat either of those teams as well. Mm. You know what? I'm going to say I'm gonna say Loyola-Chicago. I know that's not an 11 seed. They're a 10 seed. But I think they can beat Ohio State. And I think they can give Villanova a good game. That, that's a team that's made a run, uh, made runs a couple of times. Of course, Sister Jean uh, uh, of fame for them. She's got to be pushing 100 now. So uh, she's like like the mascot for that team. Uh, and they got God on their side, man. Sister Jean in there, uh, in there doing her Hail Marys, uh, bringing luck to that team, it seems like, uh, year in, year out for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, man. I like, I like Loyola. They're, they're a veteran league team. So I like them. So it seems like we're both on Arizona. Obviously, you're, uh, you're partial to Duke. I'm a UNC fan. Um, they're down this year. They were able yeah, to played. spoil Coach K's uh, final game at home. I'll take that as our national championship. Maybe they'll beat Marquette, but I don't see them going much further after that. I'm not just saying this because I'm I'm on a podcast and I got I'm on a podcast with you and I got a friend in front of me that like North Carolina, but I actually think North Carolina 
can beat Marquette. I actually think they can beat Baylor too. I don't see them beating Baylor. Baylor I, not, I just Baylor don't see not it. the same team. They're not the same team as they were last year. Yeah, Armando uh, Armando Barcott Baycott should have been Baycott. the ACC should have been the ACC Player of the Year. Uh, but Who's this, the ACC yeah. Player of the Year? Uh, somebody from Wake Forest. Somebody from Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Didn't even make tournament. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it should have been Baycott. Um, I've seen this team play too often to think that they can make a deep uh, tourney run. Uh, Leaky Black, I'm not too high on. Uh, not too like a lot of the guys that were supposed to be big names uh, in their last few recruiting classes haven't really panned out. They're an eight seed. Uh, I remember one year when I was probably about 12 years old, North Carolina made a huge run uh, with Forte and Haywood, and they were an eight seed, and they ended up losing uh, in the Final Four. I don't think this is that, that kind of team, but I would love to see it. And I usually, when I fill out a bracket, I always have at least one that has the Tar Heels winning it, but I don't think I could do it this year. Yeah, I think the ACC going to show people that they weren't as bad as they portrayed to be uh, this year during the season. Uh, it's it's amazing to me because you look at, at at the ACC. It's supposed to be you know one of the best conferences in college basketball, and you had Virginia Tech who won the tournament sitting at an 11 seed. And it's like if they didn't beat Duke in that game, would they have missed yeah, they, the they, tournament? They, 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 they wouldn't even made the tournament. That is just absolutely incredible to me. Some of the decisions by the selection committee this year. You and I went back and forth on Michigan, and I think I kind of got you to back down a little bit because you were saying, "Oh yeah, well they're better than Notre Dame." I was like, "Well, are they better than Texas A and M who missed the tournament." No, no, no. Or, or I, I Indiana think, who just beat them. I, I didn't think Michigan. I, I thought they were better than Indiana, but I didn't think they were better than Texas a and I'm surprised Texas A&M didn't make the tournament. I thought they, they showed up. I mean, it, I thought the SEC was probably the toughest conference, them, them in the Big 12. So, if you didn't get to a conference championship game, you, you, you should be in a 68-team tournament. I, I think so as well. Um, honestly, the game that swung it for them happened here. I worked at the A-10 tournament. It was the championship game. If, if the Richmond Spiders didn't didn't win that yeah, game. Yeah, that Richmond. Yeah, Richmond. Texas A&M was probably Texas in. I, probably. I, I thought Michigan or Wyoming should have been out uh, instead of Texas A&M. But those are the breaks. I mean, it's hard to sit here and say, like, oh, we were team number 68. We should have been team number 68. Uh, at some point, it's like, look, like. Yeah, we can't let everybody in. You can't let everybody in. And you're probably if, – if, you had tons of chances throughout the season to further your position. And if you're team number 68, odds are that you're not going to make that kind of run anyway. So it's it, at the end of the day, it's not really going to matter on who the national championship is, but just for these kids, you feel kind of bad. You're like, man, it would have been nice for them to get at least a, a trip to the NCAA tournament because it certainly means a lot for the kids who are playing in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So for sure. So uh, that is going to do it for college basketball, Josh, anything else you wanted to touch on before we hop off? No, sir, man. Uh-uh. Well, well, I'm going to log off of this podcast, do a little bit of editing, and we'll probably have some huge news that uh, that comes up as soon as we hop off. Uh, we, for all we know, Deshaun Watson just got traded, and we're sitting here talking. But uh, <laughs> exactly. I will certainly be checking Twitter and watching these uh, free agency moves, and uh, we'll certainly be back on here to talk about them. That's right, man. I can't wait, man. Sounds good, Josh. Have a good one. You too, man. Be safe.